This podcast is recorded on the traditional lands of the Ngunnawal and Yambri people, and we pay respect to Mother Earth, the footprints that came before us, the ones we follow now, and the footsteps that will guide us long into the future. I know something that might help you. Please make your ADHD whisper. What? You're loud, though. No. <laughs> okay, I get it. You're loud, okay. though. I was like, what's a whisper? <laughs> oh, that's those one of those little moped That's what things, I was thinking. It? I literally was like, whisper, vesper? A like, whisper. what are we talking about? Oh, very funny. You're funny. Hello, everyone, and welcome to FM Fish ADHD for Grown Ups podcast. I am Callie, and I am here with the dude himself, Mr. Ukulele Man, Lockie Barrett. We are in episode 23. Cannot believe it. It's a lot, it feels a lot longer. They roll on. You just. 23 is massive, right? I, I mean, I mean, there are podcasts out there that I listen to that literally like three or four hundred episodes. So I don't think twenty three is that big. However, there's probably about it's not the size of the five podcast. weeks worth of recording. It's how often you record it? <laughs> True. Well, welcome everybody. Thank you for joining us. As always, we are so very, very happy to have you here, and we are not medical professionals if you are new to us today this podcast is all about our experience with my late adhd diagnosis and kind of the effect that has what that means for us the things we've learned the mistakes we've made and hopefully we might be able to help you not to now today we are speaking with um somebody who reached out to us via our fmfish at gmail.com uh, email address. See, if you reach out you can be on the podcast absolutely and um we are really really happy to have you here so andrew would you like to introduce yourself hi welcome hi thank you for having me um i'm also dealing with a late a- adult adhd diagnosis so i thought it'd be good to come and have a chat about it yeah amazing and i will say what i was really excited about when you did reach out was we have a lot of women on the mm. podcast i was about to say are so you I our first really... male no no we oh. chair smitchy yeah that is no, no no no, oh, no the first, bit you're first like oh you're my mate he's my friend no, smitchy's well, he, my friend he, he failed and, that didn't uh, he because he didn't even realize it was me on the podcast so smitchy i'm so sorry mate like i know you're listening and uh i don't know what to say um did he sit in this chair he did sit exactly where you're sitting to be fair he did sit there oh well, i'm not the first there. you're not the first <laughs> So um, Andrew did just uh, ask us if this is what it's always like behind the scenes because I just had to pause the recording and just like not put myself in a cupboard but think about it because I could not get my words today. Right at the beginning, we are not professionals. We are not. We don't do this for a, we don't do this for a living. This is like a little fun thing on a side. We've all got a drink and we just try and make it happen. Um, excuse me. And then you bitch and moan about I actually do believe editing. like li- – What's wrong with your face? Legitimately, I reckon I could I could edit other people's podcasts. I am a perfectionist. I do land on the perfectionist side of ADHD. Um, so, you know, the editing does take me a long time because it must be perfect. It must be. There was one time something got through. At Bandcamp. And that was the last time I asked you to double check it. Do you remember? I was like, make sure you double check this. So for the, the listeners, um, you probably don't care. But um, I edit and then I used to say, hey, Lockie, can you just double check this? And then that last time I asked you to do that, a mistake got through. And I listened after it had gone live and I was like, there's a mistake. Well, the thing is, if you're that much of a perfectionist, you wouldn't have made a mistake anyway. So shots fired. Like you've listened to it four or five times before you've handed it over to me. Oh, is that what the buttons do? I yeah. got the right button. I got the right one for once. <laughs> I, th- 
Yeah. So <laughs> hang, I was thinking last it. week that you didn't want to put labels on them, right? Do yeah. Want, do you but they're color coded. So how? Why? Do, sorry. So oh. don't you remember what color does what? So no. let's let's do an episode about perfectionists. All right. So Andrew, tell us a little bit more about yourselves. Okay. Yep. Um. Been in Canberra my whole life. Born and raised. Um, and the, my parents and sister all abandoned me when they, when I moved out of home, they all, my sister went to Melbourne, my parents went to Brisbane. Oh, <laughs> and okay. so I was just left in, left just in Canberra. Left yeah. It was literally within like months of me moving out of home. They're oh. like, oh, we sold the house and we're moving <laughs> to Brisbane. It. I was like, oh. <laughs> thanks for leaving by. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Yeah, you're like, so, should I take something I, from maybe, that? Maybe, maybe I should have <laughs> stayed at home. Yeah. <laughs> then, so being... Uh, went through school, after school, went, did some uni, studied industrial design um, at the UC. What is that? The, when you design industrial stuff, obviously. Obviously, yeah. sorry. It's not really true. No. It, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> um, it's it. effectively product design, like the physical design of objects, uh, yeah. but from an industrial sense of how they get manufactured. Manufactured, yeah. So, okay. um, yeah, the product design effectively. Yeah. Sounds less exciting than my version. Um, got two girls and married, got a house here. Just, it's almost like a half yeah. a kilometre that way. Yeah, I probably could have walked through the scrub. Yeah. 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 Wait, no, that way. It's that it's, way. It's that way. Yeah. <laughs> I don't so, have a good direction. No, me either. Yeah. Um, that's the background. Cool. Do you want nice. More? Yeah. So you've, you said you've had a late ADHD diagnosis. Mm-hmm. So, um, we do like to talk initially about language. So mm. how would you describe yourself in that case? So I don't really care. Yep, that's But fair. technically, I guess the way I refer to it, if I'm talking to people about it, is I'd say I oh, – oh, okay. Full disclosure, I've also been diagnosed with autism. Thank you. Yep, yeah, okay. Um, and so I kind of describe myself as autistic and have ADHD. Yeah, okay. The only re- I don't really care, but yeah. the only reason I do it that way is because it's the most technically correct grammatically because autism has an adjective of autistic whereas ADHD does not have an adjective, so you can't you can't say like I have autism and I therefore am autistic. I have ADHD, I therefore am ADHDic. It doesn't make sense. Exactly There's my some mad exactly fist pumping my going thing. on there yeah, in the background. I am literally like waving my arms around because I don't exactly believe you I can was, say yeah. ADHD dick though. That's just not that doesn't, <laughs> I thought that was what that he said. That doesn't work. <laughs> That's what I thought he said. I, didn't. I work on I work on positivity here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. um, no, I agree. That's what it is yeah. for me as well. Like it, I find that that it's just grammar. Like I just can't move away from the grammar yeah, elements. Yeah, yeah. Because ADHD is mm. just the acronym, whereas autism is is the is the descriptor. Yes. Of ASD as the acronym. Yeah. But, yeah. It's yes. It is much more um, has much more medical terminology associated mm, with mm, it. Yeah. Mm. Um, but I don't, I don't, I don't really care. Like, yeah. However, people want to describe it, I don't have any problems with that. I might add a new question to our guest questions, and you get to test that question oh, first. Lovely. Yay! Um, what would you rename ADHD? Which one of you is in the camp of of H and H? Yeah. So ADH. H. ADH. So Lockie actually says H. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, on um, the same thing then. Yeah. Um, but. A lot of people I know say H. Mm. Most of our guests say H. Mm. And I listen to a and lot of podcasts. And your dad just drops it all together. Oh, yeah. He just says, There's yeah. just no H. Ellen. Oh. Hey, Ellen. Yeah. Is her name Ellen? No. Helen. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Ellen yeah. is a name. <laughs> it's, um, it's very Midlands. It's very Midlands yeah, He in drops the UK. it all the time. Oh, okay. ADHD. Rosie says it's, that. It's, uh, ADHD. It's part of just, like a Catholic education face. thing. 
Is it? Yeah. And, and like, I thought it was Australian. Gotta, in the way they teach it, you've got to feel your breath on your hand. It's just. They uh, actually teach that. Well, I think that's part of the way they teach it in primary school. It's not very COVID Catholic. safe. My daughter is being teached. Taught the the yeah. H, mm. so, that's so I'm a, the only one in the house now that, that says it as H. Well, you are correct, sir. Well done. Thank you. I feel <laughs> feel very welcome. How do we get onto this? Anyway, we were talking about what H-cam. we would rename. Oh, because obviously right, it is mm. there, there. Can we just pull apart the problems with ADHD as a as a terminology? Because attention deficit. I would call it attention surplus hyperactivity yes. disorder. Hundred percent attention. Mm. Not disorder, though. Oh. We don't want a negative. Yeah. And also, I think we need to take hyperactivity out of it because Mm. the majority of females don't present with hyperactive. I I understand that and I agree with Mm. that. However, what I've started to... And I, I could just be making all this shit up, but welcome. Just repeating, none of us are professionals, yes, including yes, yes. our guests. Yep. Um, what I've started to realize is, so uh, okay, my diagnosis is inattentive ADHD, okay. not hyperactive, yep. and not combined. Okay. But the way that I have read it in some places, but the way that I feel that that definitely occurs within me is it's it's internal hyperactivity. My, yep. I feel like my mind is constantly hyperactive, but yep. my body is not. Yes. My mind's telling yes. me no. I, I agree, and I was actually gonna I was actually gonna say about that as well. But my body, it's all I'm here for. It's all I'm here for. Kelly, <laughs> my body is telling me yeah. Off the top of my head now. Yeah. Um, we sing that a lot with the kid because um, she'll just be like, oh, you know, like I I don't want to do it, but then like my mind is like saying, don't do it, but I, my body really wants to, mm. and then one of us will go, my mind's telling <laughs> me. <laughs> it's just so hard. Uh, it's like I open up a newsletter at work today and it says, first things first. And I'm like, I'm a realist. <laughs> just, you just can't. Like, I don't know how you're not, not meant to do it. I don't, I don't know either. Not, not. Um, I don't know either. But like um, today I had to show the kid. Um, she, she's, she's same age, obviously, as yours. Um, seven going on eight. And she can't say like, hey, mum. And every time she do it, I'll go, why didn't you tell me? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and she's like, she was like, "Mum, can you please stop doing that? I just don't like it." Does she? I, does <laughs> I she like, know the song? Or? I was like, "Do you know it's a song?" She's like, "Only because you sing it all the time." Oh, okay, right, right. And um, I only sing that bit, so I had to go on YouTube oh. and actually bring it up. And it's Bachelor Girl, mm. buses and trains. Yeah, yeah. but um, you've got to do it though, because like the amount of times you sit there as you're in there, she's like, "Mum, mum." No, she goes, "Hey, hey mum, hey, mum, mum, hey, mum." And so then you just got to You got to do something to break it up. Hey, mum. Yeah. <laughs> Every single time. <laughs> okay, take the disorder out. But yeah, but also I, I think yeah. So so even though hyperactivity, hyperactivity is not necessarily what I guess most presentations are, and also I yeah. think as the di- as whoever has been diagnosed as they get older, it, they're much more likely to change to inattentive. Yeah. Um, or to turn the hyperactivity internally. And Doctor and yeah. I talked about that um, a bit in one of the episodes with with her. Um, about how the hyperactivity can be very often an internal hyperactivity. Mm. So it's still hyperactive. Mm. Um, and, that, and that's internal. why the, they made a change from the DSM-4 to the DSM-5. So instead yeah. of it being diagnosed with a type of like hyperactivity type or inattentive type, it, it became a presentation because in some people's lives that presentation can change as Absolutely. they age. Absolutely. So, yeah, maybe you can keep hyperactivity in or out. but Well, I wonder if it's that we just need an entirely new... Because obviously it used to be attention deficit disorder mm. and then it was attention 
deficit hyperactivity disorder, although some parts of the world still call it ADD. Mm. Yeah, well, I, I found last week that someone I, someone I was talking to re- referred to them as two separate things. Yes. It's like, really? That happens a <laughs> lot. In, um, in certain parts of America, um, this is where I've seen it, I'm sure it's other pl- parts as well, um, or other places as well, but... I've seen quite a few people um, talk about, oh, you know, I've got ADHD and ADD or, mm. you know, and then people who've got both or some people have got one or the other. Mm. And and obviously that's certainly not my understanding of how the DSM-5 now is because my understanding is, and in fact I know this is the case, the DSM-5 replaced yes. ADD with ADHD. But like just thinking about it now, similar to the conversations we've had about Asperger's, some people were only ever diagnosed with ADD. Mm. Yeah. You know, yeah. they've never gone back to the doctor and nobody's ever called them up and said, hey, what we'd like to do is upgrade you. Yeah. We're going to add in an H. Add an H. Add an H. Yeah. So, you know, I do. I, I can totally see why, you know, we can't just completely slam ADD, but, but I think there should be something. I think we need to remove the term disorder mm. and perhaps have it as a neurotype as mm. opposed to disorder. I don't know. I think attention surplus. It is, right? It is that. We have too much attention. Well, the problem isn't that – I'm not a professional. The problem isn't ah. that you, that there is a lack of attention. And in some cases it's not also that you have a surplus of attention. But the, no. the problem is that you have a lack of, um, I guess, control or intention around where the attention is going to be focused. Yep. And so, yeah, some people it might appear as a deficit because you have a deficit of being attentive to the things you need to be. Or that other have, people think you need to be. Yeah, as in mm. like the teacher would think that or, or a parent yeah. would think that. But but in other cases, you internally someone can feel like I have too much things going on. I can't stop paying attention to certain things that I want mm. to stop paying attention. Like sounds, for example, when they're going off, it's like I, I don't want to be attentive to that sound but I yeah. can't help it. Yeah, I think. Surplus. Surplus is good. Or direction, misdirection, mm. redirection. I don't know. But um, what you did make me just think about One when you direction. just said that. <laughs> <laughs> what you did make me think about when you were just saying that is um, there's been a whole heap of um, to and fro, and I mentioned it last week as well, um, and I've certainly put some things up on Instagram and had people go, lols, that's not ADHD, it's autism. Right? Mm. Um Bestie, you need to go get yourself an autism diagnosis. I actually don't agree with it. Mm. So I have a theory. I develop theories constantly. They are just my personal opinion. Um, Not professional. I don't know if I mentioned that. Um, But I actually think it's because of our attention issues, right? Because of the fact, so like sensory issues, different to maybe a person like somebody with autism in that I can't stop paying attention to something. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. if it's a sound or if it's a um, texture or a pair of slippers and they had a tag in them, you know, for example, yeah. I was walking around in them and or today I went to go do a body pump class and as I'm in the car, I'm like, my sock's wrong. So I'm going to need to figure that out. I can't stop paying attention to it. That? It was just in between my toes. Yeah, how did that? What? How do you, how do you put your socks between you, toes? I don't know. Were you wearing it thongs? Just, no. <laughs> so it just got scrunched up in between my big toe and my, my next how, toe. How loose are my your, pointer toe, I don't know. How loose are your socks or how tiny are your toes? I have very small feet. Or how big are your toes? <laughs> no. Just <the laughs> eating your socks. Like, anyway, like grabbing socks. my toe But did that, did that happen like wrong. after you dressed yeah. yourself? Wow. Yeah, so I don't think my sock fabric moves that much. Mine does. 
Really? Is this? A, do I need to worry about this now? My sock like fabric do. moves all the time. Really? Yes. Are I you, do have very buying, small feet. Are you buying adult socks and not kids' socks? <laughs> <laughs> I do buy kids' shoes sometimes. Um, yeah, so... Anyway. I can't understand how you put your sock on and it goes between your toes. Well, I'm trying to figure that out now. You pull your sock on. But you on, put it on and it wasn't in between your toes. You put it on, it was fine. And, and then, then later. I, okay. So did, you, I, did you stub your toe or something? I'm really, it's it in or not just, where I was expecting On a really, to go. like, really um, thin tree, just yeah, like just, wedged it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to figure out, like, how you. Yeah, like, right. So I don't undo my shoes. So mm. I stuff my but feet even then, into my shoes. If you're pushing, like the force <laughs> yeah, would yeah. pull the sock back. Yeah. yeah. And then what happens when your foot levels back out and you go and your heel goes back into oh, the thing? So you, you get a little bit a... of excess sock at the top. Is that where it was at the tip? You had like a no, but then that excess sock as I was walking mm. moved its way in between my two toes. Because the way it really sounds right now, I reckon you uh, push the sock between your toes so that when you push it into your shoe, everything's <laughs> in place <laughs> and it just didn't come out this time. <laughs> I thought this would oh, go. Oh, hungry toes um, over here. <laughs> I just sniffed as well. Um, no, so... So you had a wedgie of the foot. I had a foot wedgie. I had a toe wedgie. Yes, I had a toe wedgie. And it was just bothering me. And so I was like, I'm not going to be able to do the class That like would bother this. me too. Yeah. I can't believe that. All right. Call out to our listeners. If you've ever had a toe wedgie, please... <laughs> Um, please note, we are talking about socks in between toes, not your toe in between anywhere else. Wedging, okay? Um, it, it, I can't be the only one. I just went somewhere because you know how you call everything like a camel toe. So is it a something opposite because you're talking about your foot then? Mm. <laughs> but I'm not willing to talk about it out loud because I don't want to get it wrong. Because <laughs> something else is a camel toe. So would that be a – can we go with toe butt? That wasn't. Well, that was anticlimactic. Yeah, because I said I don't want to. I don't want to get. I don't want to get completely wrong. No. But that's where I'm at now. Oh come on! Surely you've had slightly loose socks around your toes, and they get all all scrunchy nah. under your toes. Never. Nah. All right. Well, it happens to me all the time. It's happening to me right now as we're talking about it. But I think that's that's. What are you doing with your toes? Are you like do your toes? With your toes? Yeah. Yeah, I do a lot. Oh, there we go. That's probably part of it. it. Okay. You're you're pulling the wedgie in. You're doing (laughs) this. You're embracing the the toe wedge. (laughs) Just embracing it. <laughs> anyway, so I... <laughs> I feel bad for your point. feet. <laughs> back to my point is that I think, you know, theoretically, it. I think the reason why ADHD people can have the similar type of similar seeming like mm-hmm. issues around sensory things or attention, like, you know, that special interest where we hyper-focus or whatever. But I think from the sensory perspective, it's because... Or overwhelm from sound is a big one I'm thinking of. Yeah. Is because we can't turn off attention. You know, we don't have the, like, if you think about a circuit board, we, you know, the, the, I know, but I realize how do I explain this now without getting really boring? But, you know, like you have the open and closed bits in circuits, right? A transistor? Probably. I don't know. I did it in school where we had to make circuits and you had to put things that would then open a circuit so the current could go oh, through or you close it. Yeah, like a slinky okay. switch. Oh, yeah. Just a switch. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, like on off. Like a no, light but switch. You, but in, a, in like a, a circuit board, you might have like multiple switches so that some of them are on, some of them are off. Is it know. a switchboard? <laughs> Who asked him to come? Sorry. Who invited this guy? <laughs> I think what happened is he sent an email and then you responded and then <laughs> but at some what point I'm saying socks is went between your toes. We don't have switches <laughs> to turn them off. And we have a camel's off. vagina. <laughs> <laughs> 
Wait. No. <laughs> no. Anyway. I think you should like invent like a mouth guard for your toes to stop your socks from going between. Well, you know, you actually have toe socks. Yeah. You'd hate them. You'd hate them. They're like they're like gloves for your toes. <laughs> Gross. Just even the thought about it. I'm actually thinking about it now, and I'm having to just yeah. Is it like a full sock, but it's got the fingers? Yeah. Have you not seen yeah. them? And they've made shoes like them. I've too. seen the shoes. Yeah, yeah. and they do well, socks they as do well. Socks yeah. Why like would you do the socks without the sh- what? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Mm. You Unless can just you... have the socks. When I was, mm. I think, a teenager, maybe, or in my early twenties, they were a thing. I had toe socks. Like somebody bought me some, and I remember putting them on and going, throwing them across <laughs> the room. <laughs> you intentionally just put wedges on all your it's, toes. It's all the time. It's all the time. Literally wedging your toes. Perfect. And one of us, like, when little kids put on gloves and they slip their fingers into like that. And he's like losing his shit because you got two, two toes in one, so- yeah. one, one sock hole. And there are some people who can really, like, dexterously yeah. move their toes. Yeah. This guy really? picks stuff up. Yeah, he'll literally, he won't bend down and pick stuff up. He picks it up with his toes. Just like a, yeah. like it's an orangutan. Horrible. Yeah, just do it. Just he looks bang it, like pick a, it up. What is it not a T Rex? What are they called? Velociraptor thing. That's yeah, what but at least like. I don't stuff my socks between there for whatever reason. <laughs> well, you can just use your other toes to yeah, whick it out. <laughs> yeah, it's under control. Yeah. Where were we? I have no idea. Autism. Totally good discussion. Autism and ADHD oh, symptoms. Boom, boom. Yeah, and anyway, so anyway, I think. That that le- that type of sensory overwhelm mm. is might look like autistic overwhelm, but mm-hmm. I think it's from a different thing. That was that was my point. There's, yes, that that was was we, my we point. got there. Yes. Yeah. I wonder if you're a little bit autistic. Because <laughs> <laughs> stuff sticks in your toes. And we just <laughs> lost half of our listeners. <laughs> I was going to say leaders. Our listeners. I don't know why I was leaders. This yeah. is what we do here. What you mean? Okay. What you mean? What you mean? What you mean? What so, you mean? What you mean? What you mean? What's your mean? What you mean? What you mean? That's the first time you've ever got. Oh, there no. we go. That's the better version. That's the only one that I've had in my head the last five yeah, days while no. I've been trying to find my meme. <laughs> what is your meme? See, I'm the best part of this okay, podcast. Okay, fine. So, my meme is a bit of a weird one. I when I, so when I was getting my assessment done, which was by the, your last guest, Bianca Calabria. Yeah, which was great when you told me that. that yeah, was that fantastic. was a complete surprise to me listening to yeah. her. Um, She's wonderful. What, she? what, what, when you were getting diagnosed or just on the podcast? Because when you're getting diagnosed, you probably should listen to her. <laughs> <You're just, laughs> I, I tried to listen. I was just getting, <laughs> getting distracted. <laughs> um, she I, gave me a piece of paper and I went, yep. Yes, yes, thank you. That makes sense. I got she she described a meme that she had seen to me about autism and ADHD, like in one, yeah. and um and she described it, and so I was like, oh, and that really resonated with me. So I tried to find it, and I can't find it. So I drew it. Oh, but, but this is, but this is <laughs> I love that he's oh, drawn it. Oh, this is it. the best. But this That's is amazing. I don't even know if this is what it looked like. This is yeah. my interpretation of what she described to me with her words. Okay. So um, I will take a photo of this. This is sensational. Well, you you've can, you even clipped <laughs> the you've corners clipped and, well, and you've <laughs> coloured it you've in. you've measured it perfectly. I didn't measure it. it oh, oh, no, actually so I did. I, measured, I used the pen as a guide. I did measure it actually. It the reason so I clipped the corners perfect. is because I used I cut it out of my notebook and the notebook had like a radius on one corner and I could and I had to clip that one and then I couldn't leave the other three. No, <laughs> that makes sense. There's three drawings. In the top quadrant The first one, the second and the third. Autistic brain. I thrive with structure. In the next quadrant, ADHD brain, I thrive with chaos. Autistic plus ADHD brain. Wait, you guys can thrive? I know the one. I've seen this meme. You've as seen well. it? I will fi- try and find I it. I want to see it. Yeah. 
I'll try and find it for you and I'll share it up with this. The reason it resonated with me is because of the the difference between structure and chaos. And I understand that from autism and from ADHD. And I can now relate to how that is a thing that happens in my head. Yeah. (laughs) Can I just note, they are some amazing depictions of brains. Maybe this is the hyperfocus. I spent spent an embarrassing amount of time trying to figure out how to draw a brain. You see, I can make that in Canva for you as well. I'll, well, I'll do that. I'm going to make you very well. Mean. You're just going to use your AI to just make me feel obsolete. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just going to do it myself. Use my own brain. Um, cool. All right. So, Lachlan, me far what's away. your what meme? Is your meme? Okay. So, mine's a spoken word one. Um, and I think you both may resonate with this one. Um, Having ADHD and hearing a dog lick its crotch near you is oh, an indescribably ugh. horrible experience. Oh, yeah, I Just say hyper-focusing this on the sound and feeling like <laughs> your blood is curdling like milk. It's awful. It is dreadful. <laughs> it is, what's it called, that thing with sounds? Something phony, some, something phonia or something like that. I'm going to, misophonia or something? Wait, uh-huh. where sounds really affect you, that dog <laughs> licking its crotch one. It's so disgusting. Because then that's all you can hear and you're like, yeah. I know the sound and I don't want to know what he's doing, but I know the sound. <laughs> I don't want to know what he's licking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have found another one. Go. Uh, ADHD is is me putting off the small things but necessary tasks for weeks on end because they just seem too hard. But it's also me dropping everything and spending 14 hours straight doing 150% of an unnecessary and highly involved <laughs> task that no one asked for without taking a single break to eat or pee. Yeah, Legitimate. So Legitimately true. though. Yeah. That, was, that was me drawing brains. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you've done well. That is so true. Um, from Tanya Hennessy, uh, brilliant uh, like comedian Hennessey. here. Tanya Hennessy, brilliant comedian here in Australia. Um, why do we call it Red Onion when it's quite clearly purple? Been thinking about this for a while and getting quite worked up. <laughs> uh, also, I'm going to show you this one. This one, read it out. I cannot brain today. <laughs> I has, I has the dumb. What? What is that cat it's... doing? I didn't think that was possible. Is it alive? <laughs> yeah, it's um that it's upsy downsying. That's what cats do. Mm. They upsy downsy. Have a look. But yeah, it says, yep. I cannot brain today. I has the dumb. Mm. <laughs> no, it's definitely sometimes my brain just goes, nope. Mm. <laughs> I saw, today. like, I'll break out of the memes for a minute because I saw this funniest video today that just cracked me up. And, like, you know how goats just have personalities? <laughs> yeah. There was these two little goats, what, uh, kids? Kids, kids. Two, yeah, kids. Two kids. And they're on this platform. And this one goat kind of like walks up to the other one, headbutts it off of this platform. This other goat disappears, it's gone. <laughs> And then this one just has like this full dance attack. He's just like, pew, 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 pew. I smashed you off the platform. Pew, 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 I'm the winner. I wish I was recording that dance. That like good. we need to just record this whole thing. Just more often. Yeah. All right. I got one. My understanding of ADHD two years ago. ADHD is little boys who can't sit still. My understanding of ADHD now. ADHD is me right now buying this bag of spinach because it gives me a kick of dopamine to think I'm making a healthy choice. I won't eat it and I'll still have ADHD tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) And it'll stay in the bag and you'll throw it out because it gets buzz used by date. Yeah. All right. The ADHD mind is like a web browser where you can't close tabs. We often misclick, which opens a bunch of random tabs, (laughs) some playing music which can't be muted, distracting us. Every tab opens slow. And slows down the browser too until it crashes and takes a while to reopen again. <laughs> That's the burnout. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this one has been my last one maybe. 
Um, the neurodivergent urge to over-explain things in an attempt to avoid any potential miscommunication because you felt misunderstood your entire life. So now it's really important to you that everyone knows exactly where you're coming from at all times. And even if you know you're repeating yourself and got to the point a long time ago, got to take a breath. She's mm. written it with no mm. <laughs> with no grammar mm. deliberately. Even if you know you're repeating yourself and got to the point a long time ago, you can't help but reiterate everything because you've had so many bad past experiences that you will do whatever your brain deems necessary to avoid the possibility of somebody interpreting misinterpreting what you were actually trying to say oh i thought you had to stop for another one mm. you made it <sighs> yeah that was me today in one of my meetings oh yeah that yeah. is me all the time like and then, and then you see their faces and you realize they're looking at you like what is he talking about it's like i better clarify it and then yeah. <laughs> no just stop and they're like yeah we don't want more words no, no. Like, and then <laughs> you can less. tell they're just going to walk out and go i've got no fucking idea what that was about <laughs> that's it they were me that's the end Boom. All right, so next question. What's your toxic trait, Andrew? Um, I have t- too many. <laughs> <laughs> I My always, toxic trait is I have too many toxic traits. I, I always do everything at the last possible minute. Um, I, I feel like I actually have to. I can't be productive if I don't do it that way. Yep. So it became an intentional thing, especially at uni. I would not start my assignment until about 9 o'clock the night before. I'd even be relaxed beforehand. I'd be like, no, it's yep. not time to start yet. Yep. And then I'd start it and I'd stay up until the, until it was just time to hand it in the next day and then I'd somehow do really well and everyone else would be angry at me and I'd feel embarrassed about that. But anyway. I'm um, relating so hard right now. Yeah. And the other one is, well, the other two is I'm always late to everything. Late to everything. I wasn't late here though, was I? No, you were not. I was like, I was expecting you to be late. If I'm like, if I'm honest, yeah, I was yeah. just like, you just, should have. I just expect <laughs> people to be late. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Okay, because I, I was at home and and my wife was literally telling me, "Can you please leave?" I was like, "Why?" <laughs> I'm like, "Why are you telling me to leave?" She's like, "You're giving me like anxiety. You're still here." And I'm like, oh, "I've got plenty of time to get there." And it then takes I, like <laughs> six minutes to get from there to here. <laughs> That's yeah. what I do all the time. It takes about fifteen, but whatever. It actually was six minutes. Yeah, it is yeah. six mm-hmm. minutes. Right? It's six minutes. That's what I do. I'm like lucky to be like. Take take the kids to school. Take six minutes. It's fine. We got ages done. <laughs> <laughs> six minutes to get to Queenview. Um, so I always late to everything, and I never finish anything. Ah, okay. all my projects, all my tasks. I get about 95 percent of the way there, and then yeah. I just lose interest because all of the exciting stuff's done. <laughs> so I've got half finished things all over the place. Yeah. Wow. So congratulations. You do have ADHD. <laughs> <laughs> Not a professional though. <laughs> And what's your superpower then? My brain can sometimes solve complex problems before my consciousness understands what the solution is. <gasps> love that. And I t- talked to Bianca about this during the assessment and I had to use her whiteboard to describe it. You don't have a whiteboard. Um, I have post-its. No, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. But like if you imagine you've got like a circle of like your your knowledge, this is what yeah. I know and in there there's a problem, like we're dealing with a problem and there's this and there's this and this is like the triangle of fire, like you need the fuel, you need the heat and you need the, what's the last one? Oxygen. Oxygen. And if you adjust any of those, it adjusts the fire. And so if you imagine those three points and they're pushing and pulling, it's like how do we get them to move this way? My brain sometimes figures out, no, there's something outside the circle that is tugging it in this direction. And I'm like, yeah. what? Why, is you, why are you saying that to me, brain? And then we'll go ahead with it and figure out, yeah, that solved it or whatever. And then like a week or two later, I'll actually figure out what that was. I'm like, holy shit, like my brain knew the answer, but I didn't know what the answer was. That is so cool. It can be quite annoying, but it, I guess it's just like intuition or, or a gut feeling. But yeah. it's part of what Bianca described to me as being like systems thinking and um, yeah. pattern recognition, which is part of my autism. 
what you call a fish in a bow tie? It's a fish decoded. <laughs> oh, come on! It's a He's smirking. Joke. He's smirking. He's smirking. He's getting nothing from joke. it. Um, it's a great joke. It's yeah. up there with my uh, why did the chicken cross the road? Because. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> I saw a four-year-old do that. I thought yeah, no, it wasn't even it. that. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. So, Andrew. Tell us all about your neurodivergent diagnosis experience. Obviously, as always, you own your narrative. Tell us what you're comfortable with and, you know, you don't have to lay it all out there if you don't want to. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do know that when we were in communication before, um, it did sound like you actually have a really interesting experience to talk about. Yeah. Oh, okay. So over to you. Um, So, yeah, as I said, I was born in Canberra. Yeah. I thought I lived a pretty ordinary life as a kid. I guess I always knew that I was a bit weird, but only uh, a happy amount of weird and um a happy amount of weird i want to know what that is um, i i I don't know i just i thought i was just a bit weird but it wasn't like i was being i guess like excluded or i was having major problems with my education or anything i just i just got the impression that i was a bit of an unusual kid yeah okay but not major like i had a good group of friends in primary school i didn't have any problems there and i seemed to be an average decent student throughout primary school i although i I don't really know. I have a really weird memory. Mm-hmm. As, sorry, as in my, my memory is really yeah. weird. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember much in my past in detail. I remember only broad overviews. I have like a few very specific yeah. memories of primary school, but maybe only like five or ten. Yeah. But I have an overarching kind of feeling and I know what the place looked like and everything, but I couldn't tell you like what we did when we first got to school or where I kept my bag or I, I'd have no idea for all six of those years, yeah. seven of those years. Now I desperately want to hyperfixate on that and go down a research rabbit hole on memory mm. in neurodivergence and, you know, if there is some sort of difference thing there. Well, I don't know if it's specific to neurodivergence or if it's just some people's memories work in different ways, but as yeah. a, like, in contrast to that, my wife's memory is hyper-detailed. So when she goes and has a conversation with someone yeah. and then she finishes that and then she comes back, she can tell me exactly like the words that everyone said in what order and where people were looking when they said those words. Like whereas if I, I'll go and have a conversation with someone and I'll come back and she was like, oh, what did they say about And I said, yeah, yeah, they're fine with it. She's like, did they say they're fine with it or did they say or did they seem a little bit put off by it? I'm like, Oh, I don't know. They were fine with it. I don't yeah. know what they said, though. I'm like, how do you not know what they said? It was two minutes ago. I have no idea what anyone said, but the idea was that, yeah, they're cool. Yeah, we're good. And I don't remember the detail. I just remember the general mood. Yeah, wow. I, I bet there is something. Oh, God, I bet that'd be fascinating. Somebody listening to this is going to have some answers about that. Probably. Please email us, fthemfish at gmail.com or reach out or DM us on Instagram because I want to know more. So interestingly, I actually find that I'm much more like your wife. But I have things that I cannot remember for the life of me. Anything medical. My birthday. Really? Shut up. Yeah, so anything medical, <laughs> like... <laughs> um, my medical history. No. I, that I, seems I, important. Yeah, okay. I cannot ever remember it. And literally I will see people and they'll be like, anyway, you've ticked it no for everything on the form. And then, you know, you'll go through and you'll start talking. I'll go, oh, yeah, no, I do have endometriosis as well. Oh, yeah, no, actually I have um, polycystic go, Oh, no, no, I did have a heart moment. That's right, yeah. And, and I don't remember any of them until mm. I'm talking about it half the time. 
It also makes filling out forms so much quicker, though. Yeah. Because you're just like, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. no. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, legit, like, I don't remember them. Oh, God. I bet that would be so interesting. So, so it seems like it. my memory, not of just something that happened five minutes ago, but mm. also my upbringing is similar. Like, I, I remember okay. the overarching idea of it, and I have a few specific, like, clear memories, but mm, the rest of it, no. Interesting. So, anyway. So it, what made this whole thing then, the whole diagnosis thing, what, if we could bring it to that, what made you start? Hey, podcast. Hey, podcast. Looking for, or you know, pursuing the diagnosis. Um, <clears throat> I listened to a podcast uh, FM Fish. in late twenty twenty one. No, which was oh yeah, which was a, it, it's a podcast about productivity. I think it's called Focused. Yeah. Um, but they they have special guests that come on and, and talk about different things to do with productivity. But they had someone on there that had that had the story to talk about about how they deal with productivity with ADHD and they were talking about a late ADHD, late adult ADHD diagnosis yeah. and um, he was just describing like all of the the characteristics that he struggles with and, and how he gets around it and I remember just like I was just like working in the garage listening to it thinking this just sounds like me this, yeah. this is a bit weird <laughs> Um, and, but back at that stage, I still didn't really know what ADHD was. Yeah. And so I did a little bit more research. I was like, oh, but you, you kind of, you know, when you look into those things, you uh, think like, 100%. oh yeah, I'm just like, I'm seeing something and I'm, what, what's that called? When you see something and therefore you validate that it must be true because you keep seeing it everywhere. Ah, uh, yes. Like you buy a new car and then you see the new car everywhere. Yes. Um, I cannot remember. Hang on. Availability. Is it the availability heuristic? Hang on. I no, that's just something on off one of your post-it notes. Um, confirmation bias. Confirmation bias, that's the one. Is that on your wall? Yes, it is. It's on there. Number seven. Ah, there you go. Number seven. Mm. Um, so anyway, I, I didn't really think much about it other than that. But mm. over the next like, I don't know, three or four months, I'm thinking about my time frame. Yeah, probably three or four months. I started to, I guess that got that was the worm that got stuck in my head. And then all of a sudden things that I was doing, I was suddenly thinking like, oh, is this... Is this a problem? Mm-hmm. And I started to, I guess, form a bit of a realization about some challenges that I had. Um, then I started to recognize like, yeah, I do really struggle to kind of finish everything. And I do struggle to leave, like like to finish a job before I just get bored and leave it alone. Yeah. Um, and then there were a few very specific things that occurred that um, I guess the only way I can describe them was like paralysis, where I'd be standing there trying to do something thinking I know I need to do this but I physically couldn't make myself move and I thought this is weird like I was like very conscious like I was very I guess present in my mind to be able to think at a meta level about like why can't I move I want to move right yeah this is a bit weird what is it weird that I can't move now I could turn around and walk back the other way I could do whatever I want but I couldn't walk towards the thing that I knew I needed to do yeah and I thought that's a bit weird and it happened about four or five times over a couple of months and a few other things that popped up I think like racing thoughts occasionally in my brain. There were a few times where I realized that I my brain was just like speeding really fast and I got started feeling dizzy and I couldn't make any decisions and I had to like I was I was in Bunnings one day and I was just staring at the shelves. Yeah. And I was just like, I can't stop to think I had to just leave. I couldn't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> but that was a bit weird. Yeah. So I didn't at this stage I'm not thinking, Oh, this is ADHD. I'd kind of forgotten about the podcast. I was just like, Yeah, I should probably go and just talk to the GP about it. Yeah. So I just went and spoke to our GP who was – she's a really great GP. But she – I mentioned could could it be ADHD and she said, I don't know, maybe, but she guessed probably not. But she said either way you've got to go and get it checked out and see a psychologist um, or a psychiatrist or anything like that um, in case you want to get it 
tested or assessed. So she identified there was some form of mental health yeah. um, challenge or That's issue. Right. And GP for those overseas is a general practitioner or a family family doctor. Mm. Yeah. So she's, she uh, recommended or referred me to see a psychologist and um, she also gave me a referral to see a psychiatrist if I wanted to go down that route as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I wanted to look into getting ADHD assessed, that could yep. happen through psychiatry or through the psychology route. And um, so I went from there and, and that's the, the recommendation she gave was for Bianca Calabria. And yep. so I reached out to her. Well, her assistant offered that I could have like a quick five-minute call with her to just to talk to her about the process before I booked in. Yeah. And um, That's pretty unusual. I thought that too. Yeah. I thought, yeah, I'll take that's advantage amazing. of this. Yeah. But also I'm wondering whether that's the Bianca thing because remember how she wanted to meet us first. She did. Before, and yeah. I'm wondering whether that's how she Maybe. Um, identifies things as well and finds her comfortability space because mm. we love you, Bianca. <laughs> yeah. Well, but the thing is as well, like what I did notice, sorry, we, don't, we will come back, but what I did notice when we were going through it all for me and for the kid was I was just dealing with um, receptionists mm. consistently and I was so confused and I just needed somebody to ha- spend one minute talking with me and going like, okay, cool. And then I would have some confidence that I was going to be speaking to the right person mm, that, mm. that, you know, that I, I, I could move forward. That's really, I think that's amazing. Actually. Yeah. That, that's and so really I, I, I took her up on it. I said, yeah, no worries. And she scheduled in a time that, and she rang me and, mm. um, and I, I just wanted to find out like, because my GP had said that it, it may not be, it could be something else. Whereas, you know, going with Bianca was specifically for an ADHD assessment. I was like, well, I, if I'm going to book in for an ADHD assessment with you know, however long the waiting period is and also the costs that come with that, yeah, that's a, it's a lot more expensive than just actually seeing a psychologist yep. for psych, like therapy sessions, if you know what I mean. If that's what, I, what could have benefited me, then I'd, I'd be happy to do that. I didn't really want to go down the whole assessment route if that was actually not really appropriate. Absolutely. So I spoke to her on the phone and the five-minute call turned into a 45-minute call. Yeah. And so that was – I was very apologetic by the end of it, but she, mm. she, I think she just talked to me through a whole lunch break and she just kept talking, kept asking me more questions. I was like, well, okay, I'm getting like pretty much a psych therapy here. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was just trying to figure out like – is this something that I really should look into? And I know you can't diagnose me over the phone and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And she said, it looks like there's something there that we should explore. And I was like, yeah. okay, that, let's do it. Nice. And interestingly enough, even on that phone call, she did mention to me, did you know that it's possible to have ADHD and autism at the same time? And okay. I was like, what is autism? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, oh, don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. But, but yeah, lo and behold. Yeah. So okay. that, that was that was it. I ended up booking in with a psychiatrist anyway because waiting periods. Mm-hmm. And um, but I ended up getting the assessment done through Bianca early before I ended up with the appointment at the psychiatrist because there's yep. obviously a big difference between a psychiatrist's um, assessment process, I guess, yep. or diagnosis process compared yep. to a psychologist's. And and they have to be a clinical psychologist, yes. which you know it can't be done by a non-clinical psychologist as well. Yes, mm. and so. The, I mean, the main difference, there's, a, there's a, I guess, one main difference is the psychiatrist can prescribe medication Medications. if that's mm-hmm. um, suitable. But also a psychiatrist can diagnose in a relatively short period of time. Like in some cases in one session they can mm-hmm. say, yeah, you've, you've got this and here's some medication. Um, whereas a psychologist has to take a much more structured and long drawn out process I wouldn't say drawn out but it's a very routine process where all Mm -hmm. the steps have to be followed 
and it, all the evidence has to be provided to back up the diagnosis. Yeah. So it, it ends up costing a lot more money because you have to pay for a lot of that time for okay. all of that to go through. Um, and at the end of it, you don't, you can't, if, if medication is something that could work for you, you don't even get the option. You still no. have to go and see a psychiatrist separately anyway. Yeah. So okay. there was this dichotomy like in my head, like, what do I do? Um, but anyway, from, from Bianca's kind of description that the best, um, I guess the benefit that you get out of a psychologist's um, diagnosis is you basically get this full report of how your brain works because the, here is the evidence to back up why you have this diagnosis. Yeah. And so it, it may be a more expensive path and it may be less complete because at the end you might need to see a psychiatrist anyway. Mm-hmm. But I felt like it was actually able to give me a better foundation to take the next steps anyway because like okay well here we actually have a breakdown of what what my diagnosis is like because everyone is different yeah and therefore i can start to see what i can do to work on it um, because that would be different to someone else and if i just saw a psychiatrist and in one or two sessions they diagnosed me and tried to medicate me i may not actually know the ins and outs of how my brain works in order to try and take the next steps over the next few years that is so interesting because i've just sat here obviously i'm quietest I've ever been on this podcast probably but really just yeah like because everything you're saying just makes so much sense you know and um when I think about like with the kid we had her assessment done through a psychologist as well Mm. and it was so in-depth and Mm. so you know um but she got diagnosed by a pediatrician because for children it can be a psychiatrist or a pediatrician okay um here in Australia and for adults, obviously, it can be psychiatrist, clinical psychologist, or a neuros- neurologist. Mm-hmm. And I got diagnosed by a neurologist. Mm-hmm. And interesting from what you're saying there is that my diagnosis was also a very rapid process. Okay. Because I had years with my family doctor, right. my GP, um, and lots of evidence from there and also i was the stereotype that walked Mm. in and went i've forgotten my referral i'm 20 minutes late i haven't sat down while i've been here i'm gonna over explain everything to you you know like and my toes have got a wedgie and i've got a wedgie wedgie. (laughs) (laughs) and i don't know why i'm fidgeting yeah um you know so but i i have i have really thought about um the importance of that therapeutic support through the process Mm. as well um and i think for me I had lots of support from other areas, you know, Mm, but certainly mm. the therapeutic support is something that I followed up on my own since separately, you know, like, because I think it is really important and we believe in the whole self-diagnosis has a process, has a place in in this whole landscape as well, you know, and people will know in and of themselves if you, you know, if they need that additional therapeutic Mm. support. And I have some beautiful people in my life where I'm just like, Hey, maybe that additional therapeutic support would be a real benefit here too, Yeah, yeah you know? Yeah. And so I think that's just really interesting. That's just my reflections on what you were just saying there, because it's a much more, as you say, well-rounded or, yes. but obviously you have to be able to afford it. That's right. And, and when I, I mean, when I booked in with the psychiatrist, it was, I think it was about a 14 month wait period mm-hmm. to get, and, and, and sorry, that was the, f- fifth psychiatrist I tried to book in with as in here's a referral and I rang them up oh sorry we only take bookings for people with a diagnosis oh wow and so I go back to my GP get a different referral I ring them same story four times Mm -hmm. in a row and then finally I found one who would accept new assessment patients essentially and that was a 14 month waiting period because he only works one day a week (laughs) 
And yeah. so and so that I had already booked in in that case for the psychiatrist. But the question was like I could go down the a psychology clinical psychologist diagnosis with Bianca and it was it was probably only two or three month waiting and but it it was I, who knows how long it would how much it would have cost and how long it would have taken through a psychiatrist but through the psychologist it was black and white it was just just shy of three thousand dollars for an ADHD assessment yeah and if you look at it broken down it, it makes a lot of sense because yep. it's literally a three hour sit down session face to face to discuss your life yeah and then it's like another hour session with my parents like an interview that she did with my parents or my yep. mum about me as a child and things like that mm-hmm. and then there's another hour session to go through and describe all of the findings plus there's all of these things that get sent through where I have to do all of these questionnaires online yep. and then she goes and assesses them and, and scores them yeah. and all were they the Connors yeah Connors yeah. was one of them there's the, I've got the whole report here and it's and it's got all of the all of the findings and everything, and then that is all prepared, which yeah. takes more time. And then That's it's amazing. and then in a forty five mm. minute session, that is then presented back to you and explained what it all means and what the next steps are and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it makes sense why it costs that much, but then um, so anyway, I went, I, I booked that one in as well. I just kept the psychiatrist appointment because I figured I might need to go there anyway. Yeah. Um, then when I got to do the the three hour um, interview. Um, yeah, we were talking for probably an hour into it and then she kind of mentioned like, oh, and have you ever thought about autism? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't, I don't really understand. Like what, I don't really know what autism is. But at that point I couldn't even tell you what it was, didn't, yeah. didn't know. And this is all six months ago, by the way, November, wow. November okay. last year. Yeah. So after, after the podcast had started. Yeah. Um, well, I, I thought it was longer ago than that for some reason, mm. but yeah. Okay. No, late November. Diagnosis was early December. Yeah. And so I, um, I was like, no, I don't really know what autism is. She's like, okay, we'll talk about that later. I was like, yeah. what, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah. And and yeah, towards the end of it, she brought that back up, saying, look, if you want, we can do an autism diagnosis as well because yeah. she does both, yeah, separately or combined, yeah. And so, combined, it, it the price goes up even yeah. more. And so I had to really think about whether that would be mm-hmm. logical or not, but ended up making the right decision there. Yeah. So that then added another three-hour interview onto it as well yeah, because okay. they have a whole bunch of different things to talk about um, yeah. and then another conversation with my parents as well. Yeah. And um, it all gets combined into a into one kind of report and assessment yeah. which has both diagnoses in it. And, um, yeah, so my official, my official diagnosis, let me find it, is um, ADHD predominantly inattentive type. Yep. And autism with... Um, Moderate, moderate severity. Okay, so, so is that ASD two, ASD one or two? Two. Two. Okay. Support type two. Yeah, require so autism spectrum disorder requiring substantial support. Level two for social communication and restricted repetitive behaviours. Yeah. Okay. Um, out of the scores for the part of like some of the scores for the uh, autism, they're categorised into like mild, moderate, and yeah. severe. Yep. And um, once they're all kind of averaged out and my most of my scores and my average score was 75. 76 and above is severe. Oh, and okay. And I scored 75. So yeah. the high end of moderate, which yeah. seems very, very, I guess, unusual, imposter syndrome to me because I'm yeah. just like, this doesn't make sense. I, I, I don't – in looking into what that means for a lot of other people, it yep. doesn't relate or make sense to me. Okay. But reading into the report – in more depth, there's a whole section there on, uh, I think it's the CAT-Q test, which is about camouflaging, assimilation and um, 
those kind of characteristics, okay. masking. And um, my scores were incredibly high there on, on masking and assimilation. And so I guess unbeknownst to me, but probably from a very young age, I've just learned how to adjust or train my behaviour in order to best fit in back to, you know, happy kind of weird. I was just about to say, <laughs> so that happy kind yeah. of weird is your mask. Yeah, really. that's right. Yeah. And, but but from a point where it's not even a conscious mask that I'm doing, it's yeah. it's subconscious because it's back at my like probably like two or three years old starting to learn to do things in a way that doesn't make people look at me with a strange expression or whatever. And get cranky and... and yeah. And, yeah. And towards the end of high school, I started getting like constantly drowsy in the afternoons okay. with no real explanation as to why. And I did a full sleep test, a couple of sleep tests about seven years ago, six years ago. And um, ended up getting diagnosed with idiopathic hypersomnia, which in layman's terms means an unknown reason why you're constantly sleepy. Okay. <laughs> so it's basically right. just a doctor. I was literally just about to Google it. So This is a doctor saying like, yes, we confirm you are sleepy. Don't know why. Don't know why. There's so yeah. many things that they go, well, okay, well, in the absence of knowing anything else, mm. we'll call it this. Yes. Yeah. Mm. And it's just basically to prove that, yes, we have looked at you and, yes, you are sleepy, but nobody knows why. And so yeah. I... It, it, anyway, that's all it was to me and that was only you know, five or six years ago. But um, in doing this assessment, you know, Bianca actually suggested that it's, it's possible that that could be because of an autistic burnout where during mm. the day, because it started around yeah. year 10, year 11, and she said because she does these, okay. these adult diagnoses, she's seeing it around years nine and above where social dynamics change in school yeah. and people who didn't know that they have autism or ADHD suddenly struggle, mostly in autism, struggling with social and communication things. Mm -hmm. And I may not have even been consciously struggling. Yeah. However, then in the afternoon between 3 and 6 p.m. I suddenly get really, really Absolutely drowsy because I, yeah. my brain's just and going also, to sleep. like you're constantly masking as well. Like it's in those social situations, the way you respond to stuff, like it, it's mm. not just the, a singular mask, it's like constant. So you are just burning out like it's the old candle at both ends. Like, yeah. No wonder you're getting tired by 3 yeah. o'clock. Yeah, and, and because the actual diagnosis of idiopathic hypersomnia is a bit of a like, who knows? Yeah. Well, then this is the most evidence I've found. Mm. Yeah. How interesting. With the benefit of the things you've learned, and I guess I really am interested in in kind of, I guess, not drilling down, that feels a little bit enthusiastic, but you know what I mean? Like looking a little bit more at some of those non-typically female, um, you know, type of experiences and presentations and, you know, things that might, some of our male listeners, you know, might make them go, oh, Oh, hang on. Oh, all right. Well, that that kind of resonates with me a little mm. bit. And, you know, I don't think it breaks down solely into, you know, obviously we're very gender inclusive on here. There's certainly more than two genders. Um, but I am conscious that previously we have talked about things that might be more typically found in um, people who are female or um, assigned female at birth. You know, so, you know, I'm I'm interested if there's things that you could share that you kind of go well now I can look at it and go well yeah that also before we get there I just while you were talking as well one of the things that I just kept going through my head was and people think that it's a fad and <laughs> people think that we just all jump around and go yep yeah, you know what guess who's on the ADHD train mm. and you know hopefully what you've shared there will actually help people realize there is actually a lot more to it 
both from the when you go through a formal diagnosis mine mine wasn't as long in a condensed period of time but mine happened over a m- number of years and as right. i say it, i was lucky to have a gp mm. who had been accumulating evidence basically <laughs> um hashtag dr die dr die you know so that when i then went to the neuro neuro neurologist it was able to be done relatively quickly mm-hmm. um because i had basically the background um but there's so much more to it than what mm. people think. And hopefully people can hear that now. I don't want it to put people off, though, um, because it doesn't always cost as much. There are there can be quicker roads to go down. But also I'd love people to take from it. And maybe this is why we should give some validity to people who just simply can't afford or don't mm, aren't yeah. able to take that time out of a work day to, mm. you know, to do it. And that's why self-diagnosis and being able to... And we're not talking self-diagnosis as the final endpoint and therefore, well, you know. It can even be in some cases where you may not even be able to get the referral because your be doctor doesn't believe you. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. And it, I guess it's the situation that we always come back to as well. It's what best suits you. Mm. And if you are in the position where you can go down the full route of getting all the assessments, then mm. then do that. If you can't, do what best suits you. And there's nothing to stop you putting those adjustments in place, yeah. even if you yeah. can't do that. And I think that's what's important. It's not necessarily the ability to say, I have formally got the certificate. I mean, by the way, they don't give you a certificate. I'm just, um, but yeah, so, you know, but I to be it was able a tramp to. Stamp. But to be <laughs> able to say, um, you know, I can do this. I'm yeah. going to put this in place for me. I think that I, I, I just hope people listening kind of go, oh, okay, no, I get it. Maybe well, that's I think, why. And, and back to your point about it being like a trend or a fad, I think because so many of the characteristics or the traits of ADHD, of autism as well, but but in this case in ADHD, they're things that almost everyone universally understands and deals with. And so mm-hmm. therefore when you say like, oh, yeah, like I, I keep losing my wallet, it's like, yeah, I lose my wallet too. It's like, yeah, but... In this case, with this and this and this and this and this and this, like it's all of the traits. Like, yeah, you yeah. might have four of them and you've got six of them, but I've got all 73 of them. And yeah. therefore it's so easy for people to relate to and therefore see it being a bit of a fad because like, oh, we all deal with this stuff. Just pay attention more. <laughs> yep. Agree. Yeah. And and the, I saw a brilliant reel the other day and I cannot for the life of me remember the creator, but it was neurotypical people leaving the house. And so the woman walks out of a house, got a cardion, she's got a scarf, you know, got a handbag, got a phone in her hand and go, ah, shit, walks back in, goes, grabs her keys. She's forgotten her keys, you know, kind of runs back in, grabs her keys, comes back out. And then it goes, ADHD, leaving the house. And she comes out, runs back in to get a scarf, comes out, runs back in to get a bag, comes out, runs back in to get her, you know, a cardi, comes out. Runs back in to get a handbag. You, do you know what I mean? Like, like and then puts a cardigan down. Yeah, and, <laughs> See, and literally. I, I don't believe that story because not once did you say that she ran through the house swearing and I've seen you try and, lose <laughs> the, I've seen you try and leave the house. It's a running joke in our house that um, when my parents were here, the kid was like, um, by the way, mummy can't ever leave the house without forgetting something. She always has to go back in and get something. <laughs> so she was still, I was like, get stuffed. Um, on, on the day of the assessment, mm. Bianca was asking me questions about like 
this kind of stuff. I said, yeah, I do often lose things that I should keep track of. And literally on that day, I had lost my wallet and I was almost late to the assessment with her <laughs> because I couldn't find my wallet and I didn't want to drive without it. Yeah. It's yeah. like, so I'm here, but I can't pay for my assessment because I don't have my wallet. But, you know, <laughs> just, yeah, that's all part of it. It's part of the evidence. Yeah. yeah. And I was thinking on the cost thing. When I think about the costs involved over the last couple of years for myself and the kid to get diagnosed with, yeah. It's right up there. Mm, you know, mm. you're talking like upwards of seven, eight grand probably. And, and mm. that was partly related to why I decided to go ahead with the autism, like adding the autism yeah. to the diagnosis is because getting a child diagnosed with autism is, mm-hmm. is a lot easier if it's already diagnosed in the family as a mm-hmm. direct relation. Yeah, okay. And so we, I just, there are some, I mean, th- there's a good chance that both of our daughters might end up with some of this or, yep. or none, but like based on medical odds, there's a pretty good chance that some yeah. of it might impact them. And so I thought if that does become something in the next few years that we want to look into, then just having that diagnosis 100% officially will make that step a lot easier. Yeah. Funnily enough, my referral letter for me said basically my daughter's going through the assessment process and I'm finally accepting kind of thing. Um, that was basically, you know, it said words to effect. And that was taken into consideration as well as part right, of my diagnosis right. was the fact that she had already had her assessment, mm, hadn't had a formal diagnosis because um, we the gap was about 10 months between when we could get into the paediatrician and when mm. the psychologist did the assessment. Um, but, yeah, that was part. They were like, yep, yeah, well, she's definitely got it. Kids got it. <laughs> this bitch has definitely got it. So, yeah. <laughs> The bitch being mean, not the daughter. I was just looking at your face. Were you just the look on your face? (laughs) So yeah. So back to my other question though. Around, is there anything that really stands out for you that makes you just go, you know, smack your hand to your head type of thing? Go, well, duh. Now that I know. There's. It's just a whole lot of little things. And again, there's only been five months, yep. six months, and so I'm still trying to figure out like what yeah. in the last 38, 30, 30, 37, 30, uh, 38. I think I'm 38. <laughs> I, 38. No. Uh, look you? at me. <laughs> I, I, said say, I, I said 1984 and you cut me down. <laughs> oh, she doesn't even know my birthday. <laughs> October so. 85. Oh, you, you'd be 30, 38. You're definitely 38. Turning 38 or I am no, 38? You are 38. You'd be turning 39 this year. 85. No. You'll be turning 38 this year in October. Correct. Sorry. So I'm 37. I always forget how old I am, by the way. (laughs) I always try to figure out how old my wife is and then, but then it's difficult because she has a different date, obviously. Anyway. Um, (laughs) Which helps. Which does help. Yeah. Yeah. Then I can remember her birthday. Um, So anyway, for the last 30, what are we, 37 years, I'm trying to figure out like how much of that is related to this, but I've only had like five months Mm. of research. And so, I mean, your your other question about like funniest things that have happened due to ADHD, I was like, I don't know. I had funny things that happened, but I've got to go and retroanalyze if they are actually related to ADHD. So I I don't really know. I mean, there's there's the things about, and um, I think the reason why initially, not initially, but when I first kind of learned about ADHD more um, closely to myself back in 2021 when I was listening to that podcast, the thing that in my head kept kind of like suppressing it, saying it couldn't be that, was because I didn't have a problem being able to focus really, really, really well on some things. And that's obviously a very common misconception. Yeah. Even in like other people that I've talked to more recently about the diagnosis saying like, 
oh, I've got ADHD. Like, what? No, you can focus like crazy on stuff. This makes absolutely no sense. You need to go back to that doctor and tell them. Like, no, that that's actually one of the symptoms. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think that's something. I mean, so I went primary school. I was like a, a relatively basic, straight through the middle student. Nothing special. Nothing terrible. Um, although I got into trouble for some really weird things, which I think might be related to autism. Okay. Like I remember this is one of those very vivid memories mm-hmm. of I think it was year one or year two and the teachers were explaining that the fate was coming up and there was going to be a white elephant stall and, mm-hmm. and everyone's like, what is a white elephant stall? It's like, oh, you can like sell things that you want to sell at the stall. And for some reason I was like, oh, okay, no worries. And I, I don't even know how I got this but I picked up a permanent marker. Why does a year one kid have a permanent marker? But anyway, and I turned around in my classroom chair and I just wrote in massive like $2 on the back of the chair, like on the backrest. Oh, and no. I, I even remember like, you know, you know, when you like, you do like the dollar, but it's the dollar's that big, yeah. but the pen's thin. And so you, you outline it and then you yeah. fill it in. And I was shading in this massive $2. It was about like four inches yeah. tall on the backrest of this classroom chair. And you know how they're those, the chairs that every classroom has yeah. where they've got the little like texture on them. Yeah. So it was getting right in there. Oh anyway, God. and then the teacher came and saw me was like, what are you doing? I was like, you said we could sell stuff at the stall. I thought we could sell the chair for $2. And she's like, that's not how it works. And I honestly was confused. I was like, yeah. I don't understand. You just told me. Yeah. And so I had to take a letter home and mum sent me back to school the next day with a little tub of gumption. Oh. And I had to sit outside <laughs> while everyone's inside having fun. I was in, it was in the middle of winter and I'm there scrubbing this permanent marker of this chair with some gumption. Oh. So anyway. In year one, so that was six. Six. And then, and then the two years later, I think it was year three, there was uh, an activity that we were doing. It was like paper mache and I, mm. we probably had like a balloon and we were like tearing up bits of newspaper and sticking them on it. And so the teachers had hand around these newspapers and just like, you know, the, the junk mail that gets sent around. Yep. And someone on my desk had managed to get a catalogue that had like pages of like bras <laughs> and under, underwear. <laughs> and, and so, and so the, all the boys are cutting out them and like handing them around and stuff. And I just thought, well, I, I, I could do better than this. So I came back to school the next day with my dad's penthouse magazine. <laughs> and, and I was cutting out the pictures and I was selling them to people. And the bigger the picture was, the more they had to pay. Yeah. And obviously I got in a lot of trouble for that, but I honestly <laughs> didn't understand what the problem was. <laughs> so ma- maybe that's related to autism. I don't know. That's brilliant. Or maybe that's just a happy kind of weird. That's wonderful. Were um, you allowed to keep the money? <laughs> It probably That's wasn't money. It was question. probably like carob buds or something. Okay, like yeah. <laughs> carob. Yeah. Yeah. My Vegemite sandwich. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, you've just reminded me. I got kicked out of brownies. Ooh. Yeah. What did you do? Um, so questioning. I was like, this just does not make sense. Like how how does that make sense? Questioning, you know, the whole um, – and I would have been very young, obviously, in brownies, and this has been – a story of my life as well but you know the questions around loaves and fishes I remember loaves and fishes specifically and being like this literally makes no sense you know and like and question it and and you know they they read the stories and blah 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 mm-hmm. and do everything else and and I'd be like okay that's cool so quick question uh, you know and would literally just pull apart all of the just fallacies that mm. existed within what we had been told um and I'm not commenting on that from any religious perspective now but as a child mm. i was like this is nonsensical yeah this doesn't make sense and all i was doing i wasn't even saying this is stupid and it's not real i didn't say any of that mm. i was like 
I need you to explain it in a way my brain can get this. Yes. Because yes. this does not make any sense. But I was never the kid that would be like, okay, cool. One, well, well, I'll just shut up then. No, no, not yet. And I, I, <laughs> I can relate to that as well. Yeah. Like, it's like, but, but I'll, I'll just keep questioning. Just, just yeah. shut up. It's the way it is. It's like, but, but it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't like, make any <laughs> sense. <laughs> but what you're saying. Mm. Makes no sense. <laughs> Correct. So I, <laughs> so can't, I can't let this go. I, I can't. That's like mm. my rant about maths not being real. Yeah. I disagree with that rant. <laughs> yes. I strongly disagree with that rant. It's not real. Was, it, was that with your mum? <laughs> I think it was. Your mum was spot on. She's like, it's the most real thing there is. Like this plus this equals this. Yeah. But why? Be- because I can get but you. This, if you've got some post-it notes, one this. post-it note plus two yeah, post-it notes, how many post-it notes do I have? That makes me. I don't have any issues with that. Like mm. I would say, it's, it's like the triangle when. triangle and the. No, no, and the and the Pythagoras the, theory. Well, Pythagoras theorem, I guess, makes makes sense because you can see a triangle and you can measure it and you can measure the angles. Mm-hmm. But when there are basically, you know, when you really get into theoretical maths and stuff like that, or when you get beyond those maths things. Sorry, I know Americans say math, um, but you know, well, the, isn't that everyone says math? No, we say maths. Well, I don't think we should be saying maths. Why not? Because it's mathematics or it's exactly. math. Exactly, it's got an S on the end. In mathematics. Mathematics, maths. But math is short for math, mathematics. apostrophe S. <laughs> math, mathematics. <laughs> it's maths. In English we say maths. But in England, sorry, we you say, say maths. You, you say England and Wales, so England, not English. In England you say maths. Maths. <laughs> <laughs> Some parts, yeah. Um, but no, maths. And that would be, that's how they'd be written at school, on your school timetable, we would say maths. Yeah, but weren't you ever taught that that was incorrect? No. I remember that too. We were, like our classes oh. were called maths, but we were told that's actually incorrect. It's mathematics or exactly. the short for mathematics is math. Maths. Anyway. I understand the theoretical stuff is going to be a little bit wishy-washy, but you have to do that in order to formulate new ideas because the theories yeah. are not proven. Mm. No, I get that's fine, but it doesn't exist. So that's, you know. <laughs> So what I've learned from this last, like, two minutes is that um, mum's wrong. No, <laughs> no. Um, I think what we learned was that um, Andrew thinks mum is very much right. Correct. Yeah. With her maths. <laughs> mum would not say maths. She will beat your ass if she, if she thinks you're, you're saying she'd say maths. I haven't, I've realised I haven't answered your question, speaking of side quests. Yeah. About um, traits that now oh, yes. resonate. Yeah. And, and so... In high school, my studies, especially in my maths. I think we've just seen a trait. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've just witnessed it. Argumentative. We'll not let that go. I will not it is, down. it is not maths. <laughs> it is not maths. Well, my, my maths started going right down. In fact, hmm. um, I was looking at my report cards and they, they look atrocious. Like oh, every really? year getting worse through year 9, year 10, year 11, year 12. And I'm actually pretty good with math, mm-hmm. ma- mathematics. Um, and I it, use it, maths too. It, it has, and it has a lot of value to my degree in yeah. my my bachelor, my masters, and now my job. Mm-hmm. And and so I find that weird. It's like, why did I do so poorly? Like mm-hmm. I was I was ranked like a hundred and fifty out of one hundred and seventy students okay. in in our whole year. And I was like, oh, that's not very good. That's brutal that you get ranked like that. Yeah, it was poor a bit kid at number one seventy, man. Yeah, yeah. It's probably because you weren't stimulated. And you were bored, yeah. like you knew the answer, but you're like, why do I have to but write also, it down? Why now? does it make any sense? Why does this matter? Maths isn't real. See, I think we've all just proven my point. Well, I interestingly enough, I had to go and learn all that stuff, but I did it all when it was actually interesting to me when I was at uni. So what I was about yeah. to say is everything went down. I ended up with a pretty low kind of scoring UAI, well, like maybe 60 or something. And UAI is to get into university. University's admission index. It's no longer existing. I was going to say it's ATAR. Because it's maths. Because... <laughs> 
but but anyway, um, when I got into uni and suddenly it was exactly what I found an interest in, I suddenly was every assignment was a high distinction. And I was like, yeah. this is weird. I thought I wasn't all that great as a student. Now I'm really, really good and I'm not even trying. Yeah. And, and I felt like really bad about that because all the kids next to me were trying really hard. And I was yeah. like, oh, it's easy. You just do this, 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 this and just whip up something the night before and a high distinction. Yeah. And, I, and I felt really strange about that. I was like, I thought I wasn't all that great as a student. And this makes sense now. This was basically I was given a four-year degree to hyper-focus and, and I could do it on my own terms because I could do it a lot faster than yeah. other people. Yeah. And so then I was like, oh. And at the time that didn't make any sense to me. It was like this is weird and now it does make sense to me. Yeah, that's really a happy kind of weird. Happy kind of weird. <laughs> I, um, I did psychology What's in year 12. What's the name of your podcast? Episode. Yeah, happy kind of weird. weird. Yeah, Boom. good one. Um, I did psychology in year 12. Um, really? Year 11 and 12, yeah. And I dropped it because of the maths. Because it wasn't real. No, no, like legitimately the maths in psychology um, when you are, and I can't even explain it because I've literally, that thing where your memory goes all weird, mm. cannot remember it, but I was talking about it with Bianca, I think, and I was saying I really, oh, it might have been Dr. Dye, and I was saying I'd love to go back and redo a psychology, but it would have to be like applied psychology because I simply mm. cannot do all of that. All the statistics. It was all and... the algebra and statistics. Yeah. and Yeah, it was so, and I was just like, I can't. Mm. I, I, I mean, I work with data and stuff now quite mm. a bit, but you know, but like, I was just, I can't, I, can't, I couldn't do it. That, that's what stopped me. Mm. Maths ruined my life. Actually, and we that's can. why. That's why you're <laughs> pretending it doesn't. That's exist. why it doesn't <laughs> exist. <laughs> so, Andrea, and, and you know, feel free to again share what you are comfortable with on this. But um, what are your views on medication? So after I did the assessment with Bianca and got the diagnosis, within I think it was less than a week, I got a message from the psychiatrist that, oh, by the way, we've decided to like change our clinics and whatever and there's an available one in four days. And, oh, nice. and this is like six months earlier than my current booking with them. Yeah. It's like, oh, yes, yes, yes. So I got straight into that and so I ended up seeing the psychiatrist like a week and a half after I ended up finishing my assessment. And so that was good because I didn't need to go to the appointment and do an assessment. I was like, by yeah. the way, here's what I prepared here's earlier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Here's my full 40-page report of way, the way my brain works. Yeah. And he's like, okay, great. Um, and so he asked a lot of questions about the specific difficulties I had, which was interesting to me because I, I thought it was like, oh, you've got ADHD. Some people like to try medication. It can help some people. You try it and you see what happens. Mm -hmm. But it was more like, no, no, we need to understand how your brain works with ADHD and okay. then choose what type of medication might work because it's yeah. not that simple. It's always more complicated. Um, anyway, so, but I still tried on the basics. I, I started on Ritalin or methylphenidite. Yep. Did absolutely nothing. Mm -hmm. um, and at this point I started to piece together some things. I was put on a stimulant medication for my idiopathic hypersomnia. And right. it, it's a medication, um, armodafinil, which is sometimes used for ADHD. Okay. And I thought, oh, that's weird. But I was on that for five years, but I never, ever, ever felt like it did anything. But it did stop me falling asleep while I was driving. That was a plus. That's bonus. That helps. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah, but everyone else is commenting about what it does for them and how it increases their focus and it's sold on the grey market as a study drug and stuff. And I was like, oh, I don't feel any different. I just don't fall asleep. Yeah. So that was okay. – and also I'm starting at that point realise 
I don't know if I've ever felt like a substance has stimulated me. Like coffee doesn't do anything to me. I can yep. drink coffee. I, I've only just recently in the last year or two started drinking coffee, mm-hmm. but purely because it's just another flavor to add to my it's repertoire. Delicious. I can have some tea yeah. or I can have some coffee, but it's yeah. not, I don't need my coffee. It doesn't yep. do anything for me. If I have like a Red Bull, it doesn't do anything to me. Yeah. And so then when I went back to the psychiatrist, like, yeah, I tried it. It didn't do anything. It just made me a little bit grumpier and, and angrier at the kids. Yeah. Um, he's like, all right, well, we'll try, we'll try another stimulus but it sounds like stimulant medications do nothing to you. We, yeah. So I tried dexamphetamine after that, which also did absolutely nothing. It yep. just made me talk less and got a little bit moody and I was like, okay. So okay. still still nothing, didn't fix any of the main problems. Yeah. So then he tried a non-stimulant medication. It, it changes the brain receptors, the neuron receptors, to try and change the way that they absorb and or do mm-hmm. stuff with dopamine and serotonin and stuff like that as opposed to trying to stimulate things to get things changing. Yep. The way I thought about it, and I have absolutely no idea if this is true, not a doctor, but the way I thought about it was like the stimulant medication was like, okay, hang on. Imagine like dopamine and stuff is like spaghetti. Mm-hmm. And if you're throwing spaghetti at the wall and some of it sticks. Is some it mom's spaghetti? It's the like the tin spaghetti. So it's really sloppy and, yeah. and syrupy and stuff. So it's got a lot of glue on it. And yeah. you throw it. So you open the can, just throw it at the wall. Some of it will stay on the wall. Some will fall on the floor. And if you imagine that that's the dopamine, well, your brain can only use what's on the wall. But some of it's always falling away. And I figured uh, the way I thought about it, stimulant medications is like, let's throw more spaghetti at the wall. So you'll end up with more that sticks. But you also end up with a shitload on the floor. Yeah. Whereas I feel like the non-stimulant medications attracts it like a little bit differently. It was like, let's just change the glue a little bit. So the spaghetti that we start with is a little bit more sticky now. Yeah. I have absolutely no idea if that's how it works. But this Mm. is how I try to justify things. It makes sense to you that way. It's (laughs) gluten-free spaghetti. Because that will stick. Especially if your palms are sweaty. Yeah. What? Mom's spaghetti. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> How many songs do you have like on loop in your head? It just is happens. it you or is it you? Well, he mm. did the mom's. He's, he said when he said, was it mom's spaghetti? And so mm. that was it then. The whole song is in my oh. head. Yeah, going over and over. Oh. And that's why I was like. I look, so it is you. It, I guess you've got the guitar. He makes I, I the bad think. jokes. Yeah, he does the bad jokes. I have usually five or six songs at any one time. And mm. he, he just added to that list. Five or six. Mm. I was reading something today that said that most people with ADHD, either hyperactive or inattentive, usually have four to five things running through their head at any one moment. And I thought... All the things you said, all the things you said. And the rest. I have that many songs, let alone mm. everything else I've got How long going does a song in stay in your head for? Like what, like... Days, weeks. At the moment, one of my... And they take it in turns to, you know, like be loudest. But at the moment... I am absolutely fixating and obsessing about, and I cannot get out of my head of the um, uh, the Karuk song. Have you heard it? The fish. If I were a fish and you caught me, you'd say, "Look at that fish." You haven't heard the song. <laughs> and that's that's just going through your head. Shimmering in while the you're sun. While you're walking around. Such a fair one. Yeah. So it's a, yeah. I keep anyway. It's um. It's a great song. Is it just songs? I I get sometimes no, I no. get sentences stuck Constant in my head. Constant stuff. That song, so for me, medication, the, so I have, have you, have you ever seen those ADHD simulators? You know, you know, they put them on social media and they're always like, it's always basically somebody has just like put multiple conversations, mm, yeah. songs, you know, various different things, the sound of a fan, mm. um, you know, the, the motorbike kind of thing, you know, like the amount of different things. And for me, I am aware of every single thing happening in every space I'm in at any one time. Mm. So you know, being in cafes or whatever, I can hear everyone else's conversation and, just as much as ours. And that's because of... So this is the one description this I've the, heard about mm. ADHD that's resonated the most is that it is 
your prefrontal cortex and mm. your executive function is triggered by interest and it cannot be triggered by priority or importance. Mm. And so therefore when two people are talking at the same time, you can't say this is a more important sound than that sound. Your yeah. brain can't even subconsciously do that. So all the sounds come in with the same level of importance. Exactly. And so that's for me why when I go to Westfield, so go to the mall, I it is ex- exhausting for me as when you were saying like you get so tired at three o'clock in the afternoon mm, because mm. you've been masking so heavily because the energy it takes to filter things out. Yeah. Um, and that's why I get really overwhelmed and I try to go on my own now because I'd be a raging bitch. Like <sighs> literally, like there, there's no other way to put it. Like if these guys come to the mall with me, my mum really likes shopping. <laughs> and you love that. <laughs> oh my God. So we went shopping quite a bit. And so, but it puts me, it, it exhausts every reserve I have trying to filter all that out. Mm. And so then I can honestly I'm done say for I've a couple of days. This. Never noticed it. <laughs> I'm done for a couple of days sometimes. Mm, so mm. if I go to the mall now, I put my headphones in yeah. and I'll play something and I will attempt to go with a very set thing. So I need to go to Coles. I'll go shopping. Mm. Um, this morning I went, I had to return something to Vodafone. You know, like it was just, and, and just get that task done and get, get the flock out of there. Um, but anyway, back to the songs. When I took medication for the first time, it quietened significantly Mm. and that's what my psychiatrist was Mm. looking for like asking me like see if this changes it and i was like nah nothing it was all i got was more like high heart rate notifications on my watch Mm. that was it (laughs) yeah (laughs) well one thing i was gonna ask you about actually it's it's um not about the heart rate but when um because for me when i first took deck i still thought to that point this was all a mistake and i'd somehow convinced everybody that you know what i mean it wasn't real yeah but did you take, you know, did, did, when you first started looking at it and you said that you were like, ah, it's not me, for, mm. oh, I resonate, but mm. because, you know, like for me, I remember just being like, but everybody does this, so, yeah. you know, whatever, like this, ugh, why do people have to make such a big deal out of stuff, you know, like this is a normal behaviour, blah, blah, blah. And then obviously you see more things, as you say, the uh, confirmation bias kind of happens, you start seeing everything mm. coming up and you're like, hmm. <laughs> This getting awkward now, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, but when I first took that medication, because I'd be like, you know, like because all these things that happen, and surely you have these songs going on, and and then seeing things where you know some people say they don't have an internal dialogue going on all the time. Oh, that fascinates me. Me there too. There are two types of people. There's the internal dialoguers, and there's non- neurotypicals. So when you when you yeah. read a book, are you listening to your voice talking in your head to you? It's more than that. It's far more than that. Well, I'm like when seeing you're, a When lot you're more. reading like Harry Potter and Harry Potter talks to Ron, like those words, Harry Potter talks to Ron, are you hearing them when you read them? I'm hearing them. I'm seeing them. I'm, I'm living them. And what voice yeah. is saying it to you? Is it your voice or is it Harry's voice or is it? Harry's voice. Yeah. 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 Or the narrator's voice. Or, there there yeah. are some people who can read things, but they don't hear anything. I don't understand that. Like when That's I read weird. something, I'm hearing my voice in my head reading it back to me. What See, do you do? I read. <laughs> <laughs> but no, see, I don't just, but when you, when I read a book and I have a bit of synesthesia as well, so. <laughs> I, so do I. Ah, there you go. As, yeah. As, as wow. Yeah. I have color grapheme synesthesia. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So Interesting. Back, back to the systems thinking and the visual study. I have graphical representations in my head. Mm. Of all the letters, the words, the numbers, they have colours. And yeah. even the week, it has this pattern where it's drawn in a scribbly black background where the days of the week are coloured and they go down in this weird yeah. backwards D shape. Yeah, interesting. So when I, when you're saying, oh, we're going to record on a Wednesday, I'm picturing it, oh, it's on the green section out the side. Yeah. It's no longer the blue bit pointing down there. We're bringing it up to yeah. the green. But it's the weekend, the Saturday and the Sunday is really long days. 
But like some mm. people don't have all the voices or don't have intrusive thoughts. Like people talk about this and they make a joke out of it. I legitimately am scared of heights. I'm not scared of heights, yes. right? I've never, ever explained this to Lockie. You're scared that you're going to jump I'm off the I'm scared height. I'm going to jump yeah, because I, when I, I go same... up there, I legitimately like mm. castles. I love castles. We go there. I can't go near the edge because mm. I'm like, you can't trust I'm going to have to jump off that now. Like, yeah. I see this. What you should do <laughs> is actually jump. And the worst thing is, wow. this is awful. I don't want them going near it because I want to push them. I'm worried I'm going to push him off. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, this is why I'm scared of heights. That explains I don't want to push him. That explains a lot of scenarios. Well, no, now haven't you, you noticed? Like, we're <laughs> going up no, to Telstra Town. But yeah. like, legitimately, I will yell and I get really stressed and I'm like, get away from the edge because or I'll push I'm you. like, <laughs> and I will stay really far back, not because I'd ever want yeah. to push them off, but because. But I know I can throw my shoe and still knock you off. <laughs> After I, I realise I now sound After like I, I might have dogs out. knocking on the door. Yeah. But no, you didn't, like it's a high, it doesn't happen with ev- everything. Yeah. But you know, like and there's things people talk about it with knives and stuff. I've never, by the way, just click. I've never wanted to throw a knife at anyone. But you know, like when you're when you're doing stuff and you're like, I'm just going to stick this compass. Did you ever do the thing with a compass yeah. at school? And we all did the dot between the fingers i'd be like no no i'm just gonna aim for my finger fingers, <laughs> deliberately hit your fingers yeah yeah like yeah. legit and so anyway but that heights is the worst one for me i'm like legitimately i cannot go near a height without those intrusive thoughts of what you should probably do is just jump off like this I, is what and not because i want to what no, you no, no. should do is I don't stand want to. against the like the handrail and do the maths <laughs> cease to exist <laughs> I, that so that came up in the assessment with Bianca mm. about um, the same thing, and it wasn't so much like well, I don't feel like I'm. I brought up the same thing: going up to high places, being mm. on at the edge of a ledge. I feel like I can't trust myself that I'll just jump off to yeah. see what happens. To see what happens. Like, to see what happens. Like, yes. what do you feel like today? Like, but I don't want to do that. <laughs> but, but seriously, though, we have this thing where I'd be like, okay, cool. Well, if you're you know, not 10 minutes late, but if you're 45 minutes late, in my head, I've already had the conversation with the police at the door giving me the death message. Oh. You know what I mean? Like oh, there's, wow. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I know that got dark. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, but it's things like as well, when you're in a meeting and you're just like, this this is way more common. Or when you're speaking with people and you're just like, you know, they hate you, right? <laughs> and I would just sit there going, you know, you're having a conversation and uh, like this with the podcast, I'll be like, you know, people really get find this really boring. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, that happens. In- you know, that self- people only listen. It's OK. Yeah. It's why I'm here. So it's all good. Um, but yeah, there are. And then there's things like sitting on on a um, say like a Zoom meeting or whatever mm. and being like, you know, you haven't turned your camera off. You haven't turned your camera off and you just picked your nose or, well, you know, whatever. I mean, <laughs> you haven't. But you know what I mean? The, the intrusive thoughts like that, I yeah. find. And so the energy, I find decks, I get a lot more energy because I'm not having to put all my mm. energy into, into the internal that. stuff. Mm. Mm. Yeah, well, no, nothing for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, no, nothing. And, and also for the, the non-stimulant, still nothing. So, oh, so I'm not, really? I'm not, I'm okay. not on any medication anymore. And that's yeah. fine. And what the psychiatrist recommended, which... I mean, I should have given her more credit, but in the back of Bianca's report is a whole bunch of like, this is what I recommend you do next and all sorts of stuff. And and it's all stuff that's like, yeah, I should have just listened to her in the first place. So from here forward, medication isn't working. So I'm going to be looking down the route of the, the psychological therapy, mm-hmm. OT, ADHD coaching. And that yep. was always going to be the best path anyway. Even yep. if medication helps, that's always going to be a more powerful part to com- yep. combine with the medication. And 
having that report from Bianca actually means that I've got a I've got the user's manual so yeah, I can say all right awesome. let's start with this and these are the areas because yeah. even talking to the psychiatrist he was asking me about like what are the specific problems that you have like problems paying attention or things like that or getting just mm-hmm. dis- like distractibility and those are not major problems for yeah. me the bigger problems is about task initiation and planning and organizing yeah and and which is a little bit strange combining it with the autism because autism has a very deep like structure and routine and and I I love structure and routine when I'm planning it and setting it up and giving it to someone else but I can't do it yeah I can't do that I get bored and I look at the details and I change the plan and I was like this plan would be better if I did this and I just don't don't stick to it and so now I've got I've got a a lot of background knowledge that I can use to go into some of those conversations to actually start the next part of it um and just going back to what you said there about medication isn't the sole thing Mm. um yeah i think i had it it was said to me that medication buys you the space to then be able to work on the more long-term solutions or long-term is probably the wrong word like the structural solutions and i find that as a parent having a medicated child that gives me a lot more comfort because Mm. nobody you know and there are side effects of all medications so you know they're like for me i find with dex sleeping i'm I'm a terrible sleeper anyway it's definitely worse Mm. while i'm on dex um but yeah so you know giving yourself more spoons to then be able to make the effort to do the other things And, and i think back to your point about having medication and having that work i assume what you were getting onto before we probably got sidetracked was that having the impact, you feeling the impact of, of the medication was probably some validation to you. Oh, it was, like, it was oh, the only thing I'm that not, made me believe I actually do have ADHD. Yeah, I'm not actually making this up. This is yeah. actually real. Where, mm. And so I have a feeling that's probably why I was interested initially in trying the medication. Yeah. I was like, is this real? Because I still keep coming up occasionally. I was like, I don't. maybe I don't have it. Maybe yeah. these doctors have all got it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but even the medication hasn't worked. But, but I'm, I'm not usually feeling like that. But that's, I think, why I was looking at the medication, just mm. to see if I could get some validation out of it. Yeah. Or but I knew that it wouldn't be a good long-term strategy mm. or, or not the only part of a long-term strategy. Yeah, it's part of a broader... And it's um, also not surprising with how individual it all is that the medication just doesn't work for someone like you. Yeah. And you wouldn't be the only one out there like No. That. Yeah. And that's the amazing thing because a lot of people turn to medication to kind of give themselves a clarity, whereas you have to now find other ways of creating that mm. clarity. And that's that's amazing within itself. Yeah. Five bucks if you come back in six months and say you've taken up meditation or yoga. Um, so if I go to the back of the report, <laughs> no, 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 no. It, it, it's in there. It's a recommendation to take up um, yoga. You're very flexible. All right, well, we are going to call it there. I cannot believe actually how long. I just looked at how long we've been recording for and it shocked me a little bit because I've enjoyed the conversation so much. So um, thank you for coming in and chatting and being so open as well because as ADHDers we often overshare. Like (laughs) I think that's fair to say. However, there is an intense vulnerability that comes with that as well. Mm. Um, You know, and putting our experiences out there for other people to hopefully get something from, you know, and saying, Hey, my, my boss could hear this or, you know, somebody I work with could hear this or a neighbor who has a grudge. We don't have any, our neighbors love us. Um, but a neighbor who has a grudge could hear, you know, like, but it takes a lot of courage actually to do it as well. So thank you for coming on and sharing. And I really hope people will get 
you know, they're going to listen and, and they're going to go, okay, cool. Well, now I know a little bit more about that or that actually really resonates. So I think what it does for me each time is that like, it's just smashing the ceiling and breaking that stigma is that, mm. and we have so Thank many you. intelligent people that sit on this couch and it really breaks that stigma of ADHD and autism. Mm. Yeah. Um, because it's not what I knew when I was growing up. No. And to see people and very functioning, very capable very intelligent people. Like it's just, it's amazing that we have a platform here to kind of share that. Mm. And and it's not even the intelligence, right? I think it's more than intelligence for me. It's about the fact that people are, f I hate the word functioning, but you know, like yeah. successful in your field, you know, like we're, we're people who are OTs, psychologists, mm. you know, GPs, the thing you do with the industrial stuff. <laughs> industrial design. There we go. <laughs> um, sorry, I just couldn't, couldn't resist that It's where you that design one. industrial um, things. But people who are, you know, we're not all Sheldon Cooper mm, or yeah. we're not all Dora from Dory, even from Finding Dory. Mm. You know, Dora we're not. Dora from Finding Explorers. Yeah, Dora from mm. the Explorers. Yeah. Um, but we're not all those stereotypical kind of representations, you know, and I just think. That, it's, it's I a agree. spectrum. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it's not even, I mean, most people think that one end of the spectrum and the other end, it's actually yeah. like a three-dimensional spectrum because mm -hmm. you can have, it's that not like colors. these are the characteristics at this end and these are at this end. It's it's probably in at least four or five dimensions. Well, I actually do think that spectrum is almost the wrong, it, it's a prism. Yes. Yeah. It's, well, I think, I I think spectrum in. is almost the wrong term for it mm. now. The spectrums don't need to conform to one or two dimensions okay. though. All right. Because a, a gamut is a spectrum that covers uh, two dimensions, yeah, like colour okay. gamut. Yeah. And so I think you can still have a spectrum that covers more than two dimensions. Is it one of those things, though, that lay people think of a spectrum goes from this end and it's linear to this end, just like you that's, were saying? That's what it sounds like, because mm, yeah. e even the autism spectrum is graded into level one, level two, level yeah. three. Um, as I say, thank you very much for coming and speaking with us. Thank you for having me. And um, to our listeners, thank you all so very much for being here every fortnight. Um, I actually do go on and I look at the analytics because, you know, hyperfocus and all those types of things and, you know, rejection sensitivity, whatever. Analytics um, is data, so that's maths. It's data. Um, but I go in and I have a look and I love seeing, you know, like it's funny because I don't see any really, you know, really low down data like i only see by country and then by um area within country as well mm -hmm. and there's like for example in jersey there's you know jersey. listeners in two in two locations oh. and they listen every time yeah. and i <laughs> go in there and i go oh our jersey jersey listeners have been we in love you, jersey. <laughs> um but you know things like that it is really nice um I actually had a really really cool message from someone in canadia Hey, you. hey there from Canada. I would like to start with telling you I absolutely love, love, love the podcast. I've listened to the multiple episodes more than once. Always excited for the next. I'm very interested in doing the HBDI assignment, but can't seem to find it. Can't wait to hear from you. Keep doing what you're doing. You guys are fantastic. The reason I wanted to mention that one was because I wanted to update everybody on the HBDI. I also went looking for an online assessment. They don't do an online assessment. So the only way to do an HBDI assessment is to actually contact the organisation. Sorry. cheeky. Well, it's probably why it's so good. <laughs> I know I know. like Reddit or something used to do, what cheese are you? No. <laughs> that sounds comparable. <laughs> That's the same thing. Do you, do you remember what cheese you were? Oh, like probably like mozzarella or no, something. No, you'd something be boring. stinky blue cheese. Something boring. Stinky blue cheese. Gouda. 
Mm. <laughs> yeah. one that was, that was a fun one. What cheese are you? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so thank you for joining us every fortnight. Please, as always, let us know if you have any thoughts, if you have any uh, any voice memos, uh, or anything else you want to share with us. If you want to show your support for what we do, um, please, you know, share the podcast, uh, write us a review, um, give us five stars on whatever platform you listen to. Listen to it on more than one platform. That's fine. If you want to listen to it more than once, do it on several platforms. I mean, I'm not telling you what to do with your life, but you know, do it, it helps. All right, well, thank you all. Please come find us on socials. We are on Instagram at FMFish ADHD for Grown Ups and on also Facebook, and we're on the Clock app as well, but not, but not really anymore. So, yeah, come follow us, send us emails, keep listening, share the podcast, all the other things we ask you to do all the time. Um, and thank you so much for being here. We will see you next fortnight. Thank you all. Love you. Bye. Toe wedgie. Bye. <laughs> see ya. <laughs>